after that debacle in Miami, I sort through that mess, get ready for Buffalo, fantasy football under the waiver wire picks, early bird NFL bets, and a special guest to make us feel better, Browns fans, Cleveland native, TNT All Elite Wrestling Champion, Wardlow. That's all coming up on the Sick Podcast with Andy McNamara. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Andy McNamara. The sickest Cleveland Browns podcast. Cut back by Chubb. He's to the 10. He's still running to the 5. He dips outside left. He's going in. Touchdown. What a run. Nick Chubb. It's going to be sick. All right, so there you go, folks. We're ready. We're coming out of South Beach. That call by Jim Donovan. Hope Jim feels better. He was out with COVID. Nick Chubb did score a touchdown when it was garbage time. He fumbled the ball. It sucked. It sucked in Miami. You know who wasn't all elite? You know who was? The Browns were not all elite. Coming out of the bye, Cincinnati Bengals. Feeling good. The Browns, it doesn't seem to matter who the coaches, the players are. They always buy into their own hype. It's what bad football teams do. They buy into their hype. They went into Miami and the Dolphins punked you. Punked you big. And they didn't have an answer. Oh, it was hot. It was a hunt. It was hot around the. You know it was hot. Teams win in Miami when it's hot. It's hot. Deal with it. Loser mentality. Loser mentality. The Browns absolutely destroyed 39-17. Just a, a complete and utter debacle. I'm not going to dwell on it too long, but I will, because I think it's it's noteworthy that we can't let them get away and, and not realize that what missed opportunities. I said the other week, I said two words described this season. I stand by it. Missed opportunities. Missed opportunities. Now, on Friday's show, I said you had to win two of your next three. This one was probably the most winnable on paper. Boy, the Miami Dolphins look good. <laughs> Don't hand the Buffalo Bills the division yet, folks. Dolphins look good, or maybe we were just that bad, but they look good. All right, coming up on today's show, I'm going to get right back into it. Dog bones, dog house. We'll get to uh, under the wire, waiver, wire pickups, get you ready for week 11 for NFL fantasy football, early bird picks. But also, guys, I- I'm super excited because Cleveland native Wardlow, okay? Wardlow from All Elite Wrestling, that's why I'm wearing the shirt, All Elite Wrestling, AWTNT champion is going to join me. In a few minutes' time, we're going to talk football, his wrestling career. Folks, if you have not seen AEW or Wardlow specifically, this dude combined, it's like if he's like a video game character. If you combine the size of a Brock Lesnar and Goldberg and Batista, and you mix in a high flying moves like Jeff Hardy, that's Wardlow. It, he's one of the fastest rising stars. He's a champion right now. Absolutely cannot wait to talk to him. And this Saturday, he's going to be, along with all the All Elite Wrestling stars, on full gear, the pay-per-view. So you can order that in the USA on pay-per-view. But if you're outside the pay-per-view, uh, outside of the United States, Fight TV is where you got to get it. So if you're international, away from the United States, Fight TV. In the show description here, I'm going to have the link where you can buy it and go to it. Also, going to be giving away a free Full gear pay-per-view. That's right. You can watch full gear for free just for watching the sick podcast with Andy McNamara. So stay tuned for that 
I'll, I'll tell you how you can do that. It's going to be sharing the show and all that fun stuff. So make sure you're following on Twitter at SickPodBrowns at AndyMC81. It's going to be around that. You can have a chance to win full gear this Saturday, November 19th on Fight TV. So stay tuned. Now back to the crap that was the Cleveland Browns in Miami. So a few, few things to note. Grant Delpit missed the first snap of the game for disciplinary reasons. Ridiculous. One snap, guys. One snap. Now, what does that teach you? Nothing is what it teaches you. The accountability issue. I've said missed opportunities. If we, we took it to one word that describes this season, accountability and lack of it. If you're a draft pick of this franchise under this regime with Andrew Barry, you do not get punished. You have free reign. You can play as bad as you want. You can do what you want. You will not be cut. There's no fear of it. Perry on Winfrey, who won the press conference, going, oh, play like a dog, brother. <laughs> he was literally barking. It was amazing after he got drafted. Hasn't been able to get on the field. Grant Delpit's been a disaster. And the thing is, these to me, it's not that the players are bad. It's that the scheme, the coaches, the whole atmosphere is broken. You're not accountable. He's too nice, Stefanski. Jordan's too nice. Miles Garrett said after the game, which was super concerning, he said, there's no point running through a wall if you're running in the wrong direction. Excuse me? What? I read into that as he feels this team's going in the wrong direction, that they're not running the right scheme. And it's hard to disagree with them. And by the way, Miles, Get that defensive player of the year crap out of your head because you have never received one vote. Why have you never received one vote? And Miles Garrett, don't get me wrong. Miles Garrett is not the issue. He's arguably the most physically, athletically gifted and talented uh, defender, maybe athlete, period, in Cleveland Browns history. We know what he can do. But when the game's really on the line, but he stepped up in Cincinnati, he's flashed, but consistently. You know who gets defensive players of the year? Game wreckers. Aaron Donald. TJ Watt. Those are guys who get votes. He's never gotten a vote. Never gotten a vote. So Grant Delpit, one play, no accountability back in. And he actually didn't have that bad of a game. But what happens is with this team, they're getting worse. They're getting worse, not better. And if you're getting worse and it's not specifically injury related, that goes to coaching. Are they not listening? Have they blocked out the coaches? Have they realized like, look, okay, this team isn't built right. The defensive tackles, you punted on the position. Too small are the linebackers. They ran down your throat. They ran it down. The Dolphins were coming in. What were it? Stop Tyreek Hill. Stop Jalen Waddle. Okay. Well, you know what? Let's let's have some fun here. And Tua, good luck. I'm going to try not to swear, people. Okay? I'm getting so PO'd with this team. So, look. Jalen Waddle, if I was to tell you, you held Jalen Waddle to four catches, Tyreek Hill to five. You think, and yard total, Tyreek Hill to 44 yards. You think, well, Andy, damn it, we won the game. Eh, no, because Mike McDaniel and the Dolphins adjusted, and the Browns do not adjust. You know who beat you? Trent Sherfield. Anybody have that on your bingo card? Anybody start Trent Sherfield in fantasy football? I look, Trent Sherfield. Do you know how many leagues Sherfield is available in? 100%. That's 
That's not an exaggeration. He got a touchdown and blew you out for 63 yards. Kasicki got a couple. But the main thing that beat you, the Dolphins are not a running team. Apparently against the Browns, you can be. Jeff Wilson and Raheem Moster. Boy, that one-two punch for the 49ers that Mike McDaniels brought over. That Jeff Wilson trick. They look like the reincarnation of, what was it, Mercury Morris and Larry Zonka back from the, the 70s Dolphins? 119 yards for Jeff Wilson Jr. and a touchdown. 65 rushing yards for Raheem Mostert. They beat you at will whenever they wanted. Whenever they wanted. You go, you score the scripted play, great. Start the game, score the touchdown, cool. Then what happens? No accountability, no adaptability. And uh, like really outside of, if you look at it, the, uh, the different areas of the teams, they, they never pick each other up. That's the other part that really bugs me, right? So I crap on the defense a bit. But when the defense does make a play, the offense doesn't step up. Defense, key fourth down stop. Well done. Offense, nothing. Offense does something great. Guess what? Defense lets it come back. There's no balance. It's it's just it's just not working. That's the issue. All right, I have to pick something good. Let's get to dog bones and doghouse. All right, the only good thing I could see out of that game was special teams. Surprisingly, special teams has been. One of the worst areas of this team all year, right? But, hey, Jerome Ford, who's going to be Kareem Hunt's replacement, like it or not, next year. And he's good. I do like him. He looked good in preseason. Ran out a 48-yard kick return. That's this team. And here's, uh, in five years, in five years, that is the longest kick return this Browns team has had, a 48-yard return. Five years. That's how bad special teams has been. Lack of talent, lack of kick return. Now, you had Yakeem Grant. He got injured. Well, that happened. Figure it out. Again, cannot adapt. Cannot adapt. But good that dog bone goes to the special teams. Jerome Ford, like I said, 30 or 48-yard run. Cade York made his lone field goal, two for two on extra points. That's it. Okay? So, I guess special teams was good. That gets the dog bone. The dog house is full. People are falling out of the dog house. They're crammed in so much. The defense, like I said, overall, overall the defense, it's ill-conceived, folks. It's ill-conceived because now teams know because of you punted on that defensive tackle position. You went small. You have your own inexperienced draft picks. And it's not working. So you didn't didn't address a strong defensive front. So if you don't do that, that means people are going to break through and get your linebacker core. Okay, maybe if you have a bruising linebacker. Well, no, no, no. The Browns wanted to have speed to cover the likes of Lamar Jackson. Now, I can understand you have a guy or two like that, but to have all of it and light and can't tackle? I saw Jeff Wilson. I, I forget who the linebacker was. Ran through A Browns player leapt through the air and bounced off of Jeff Wilson with his shoulder, and Jeff Wilson kept moving forward. That's a problem. That's a problem. Ill-conceived, too light. The secondary has been scattered all year. And that, to me, is on coaching. 
Joe Wood said, oh, every player and each play has two things to where it made it too complicated. John Johnson continually throws his hands up looking at Grant Delpit. Is that Grant Delpit's fault or is the talent there, but the scheme isn't adapting? Is it, oh, this is our scheme. This is our scheme. I hate when coaches do that. That's our scheme. You got to adjust. Also, the lack of being able to adjust and adapt. The fact, again, that they were able to ram the ball and run it at will. Run the ball with the Miami Dolphins. Not throw, run. This team's a throwing team, the Miami Dolphins. Run it up the gut. That means Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney on the edge did nothing. Tua Tagliavo, Tua, whatever the hell, Tua said, joked after the game, oh, my jersey's clean. Tua's laughing at you. Tua's laughing at you. Okay? Jersey's clean. How much money is Miles Garrett getting paid? Jersey's clean. How much money is Jadavian Clowney getting paid? Tua, Jersey clean. Now, again, I don't necessarily blame those two players because here's the problem, okay? And I'm not getting paid a million bucks as a coordinator like Joe Woods, but I can see this playing his day, and I'm sure you, the viewer, can as well. You get your two guys on the edge. You got your defensive tackles, okay? Defensive tackles job, either stop that run at the line of scrimmage or push through Defensive tackles then, or defensive uh, ends, go around, get the quarterback. Problem is Tua has a super quick release, and the defensive tackles were being run through like Swiss cheese. Nothing. No stop. So by the time that Clowney and or Garrett were able to get around the corner, the ball was gone. It was either handed off or out of Tua's hands. So I kept thinking the whole time, and for a couple weeks now, why do you not move Miles Garrett around and, and or Clowney? Move them around more. We've seen it dabbled in slightly this year, not nearly enough. And again, in-game adjustments, not a thing with this team. Not a thing. Doesn't happen. It's like whatever the game plan is, that's it. Nope, sticking with the can't adjust. Here's what you do, in my humble opinion, not being an NFL coordinator coach, is you take your two best players on that defensive line, which are Miles Garrett, Jadavion Klein, and you move them inside. Once you realize that Jeff Wilson and Mostert are destroying your below average defensive tackles. Now you put your two best players inside. Guess what that does? Those are two really big, strong athletic dudes. That's going to push their offensive line back. That's going to help close up those holes. And it's going to help flush Tua out. Then you mix a match on the edge because the edge was doing nothing. Edge didn't matter. You can get creative there. You can bring up Delpit or somebody else, safety blitz, whatever you want to do. But you move those two guys in and try it. Now, maybe it doesn't work. Maybe they adapt because Dolphins did a nice job of adapting and game planning. So maybe they do that. But maybe they don't. And the thing is, you didn't do it. You didn't do it. And there's no sign that's going to be done. And Miles Garrett's comment again after the game. No point running through a wall if you're running in the wrong direction. So is Miles Garrett not giving full effort? I'm not going to sit here and say that. But I will say there's a number of plays where, boy, that guy looked like he didn't, uh, after that first contact with the left tackle, he didn't do too much after. Didn't see the same spin drive. Is he given up? That's not defensive player of the year. Attitude, leadership, lack of leadership. Another thing in the doghouse. Who's the leaders on this team? Miles Garrett's a soft, he's a nice guy, soft-spoken. The most talented, not the leader. John Johnson kind of was, but not really. The head coach is very nice. Fancy seems like a very nice man. Same with Joe Woods. They're all very nice. Boy, you could sure use a Greg Williams right now. You could really use a jerk. 
Really use a guy saying, that's not good enough. Sit your bleep down. Not good enough. This team won't do that. They don't do that. And so now we're stuck at three and six. Youngest team in the league, Cleveland Browns are. Front office, Andrew Barry. Bragg. Oh, the youngest team in the league. You know who else is the youngest teams in the league with the Browns? The Lions and the Jaguars. You know what their records are? Below 500. Oldest teams? Buffalo Bills. Tampa Bay. We're getting better. If you're a rebuilding team, Young's fine. The Browns are supposed to be in a win now, and you are at a very likely and critical moment where by the time Deshaun Watson returns to action December 4 against Houston, his former team, it will not matter. Won't matter. I said you got to win two or three. Well, you lost the one. Now you got to go into Orchard Park to play a very upset Buffalo Bills team who lost two games in a row. Think the Bills are losing three in a row? I don't. But it's supposed to be weather. There is a bit of hope, folks. And I'll get to this more on Friday's show. But there is a bit of hope because there's supposed to be a lot of snow, a lot of weather. That is very good for Nick Chubb. And the Browns run first if Stefanski listens, which we know he has not done and won't stick to. But maybe, maybe he will. If you do that, the Bills running game is subpar. Josh Allen's not 100%. There is a world that that can work. But it's not guaranteed. It's not a sure thing. And if we're at the point going into week 11, that I'm saying we need a weather storm, an act of God, an act of God to give you a chance. That's not good. That's not good at all. So we'll get to more of that on Friday's show. Oh boy, what a mess, folks. Three and six. Just there is, There is a path that we can still come back potentially, but this is really the last straw and we're grasping, okay? We're grasping. All right, get to more. Uh, Browns talk on the betting side in a little bit. But first, let's take a look at some waiver wire pickups, man. Let's go. All right. Under the wire, waiver wire pickups. Getting ready for NFL Week 11 in fantasy football. Quarterbacks, Daniel Jones. He's only rostered in 63% of leagues still. He's gotten you over 18 fantasy points in two out of the last three weeks. And guess who he's playing? The Detroit Lions, who are fun. They're fun offensively to watch. But they're also fun because they give up a lot of points. And they've given up the most fantasy points to quarterbacks this season. And Daniel Jones has his leg. So I really like that play at quarterback. Uh, Teams on bye this week, the Dolphins, Buccaneers, Jaguars, and Seahawks. So if you do need quarterback help, Daniel Jones might be sitting there on your old waiver wire. Running back, this is a bizarre situation in Arizona with the Cardinals. You know Benjamin, who looked pretty good in spot starts, are the uh, released. James Conner healthy. You know, they gave the Bootski to. So now we have Keontae Ingram, who, uh, guess how many leagues he's owned in? 0% owned. 100% availability as a number two. Now, he hasn't played very much, but we know James Conner is injury prone. This should be the hottest handcuff pickup of the week. Absolutely. I would get Keontae Williams on your team as soon. There's going to be a guy on your fantasy team at this point in the year that, you haven't used and you're holding on to drop them. Get Keontae Will- uh, Ingram. Get Keontae Ingram on. And if James Conner goes down, he's going to be the guy to step right in. Only true backup available. And, you know, maybe he gets worked into the, the offense a little bit. Definitely 
worth a pickup. Now, at tight end, let's stay in Arizona. Tragic Zach Ertz out. Season-ending knee injury. What a year. Number three fantasy football tight end gone. Enter Trey McBride. First uh, tight end taken in this past draft class. The thing that I like about McBride, and again, rookies, tough to say, worth a pickup with how thin the tight end fantasy football spot is. But what I like is he's not just, well, just sitting on the bench and doing nothing. He's played in 91% of the offensive snaps this season. 91%. He's run routes on about 76% of those. So now he hasn't had a lot of action, but he's been a part of it. He's in the routine. So Trey McBride, again, first talented offensive guy coming out of college. Trey McBride, he has written on him. One of those guys who could be not a league winner because I'm, you know, tight end still, you can be a top five tight end and get that average nine fantasy points. But someone who, boy, if you're an Earth's owner, you're struggling at tight end, it could be a nice solidifying factor. Perhaps definitely worth picking up. Wide receiver. How about Christian Watson, my guy, my combine crush coming up for the Packers? Three touchdown day for Christian Watson. Now, they play Thursday, and the trouble is he's banged up. Aaron Rodgers still banged up, short week. Titans defense is good. I could see Watson getting stuffed up and, and that whole Green Bay offense. But going forward, Romeo Dubs not doing it. And Watson maybe being able to give Aaron Rodgers the confidence that he can be the game breaker potential that they drafted in the second round. And I certainly saw Christian Watson, really, really good pickup if he's still sitting on waivers and he should be widely available. Another one, Darius Slayton of the Giants. Let's go back to the, the Giants and said Daniel Jones for your DFS stack. He's going to be super cheap. Daniel Jones is going to be middle of the pack. A DFS, like a DraftKings. Jones, Slayton, QB, wide receiver, giant stack against the Lions. Well, as I said, they give a ton of fantasy points on that, that defense. Darius Slayton, only rostered in 3% of leagues. 3%. Not a huge amount of targets, but he's gotten 6, 6, and 4 over his last three. He has two touchdowns in two different games over that stretch as well. So, bit of a, I want to even say touchdown dependent, but a bit of a big play or potentially bust. Um, but we're seeing that progression. We're seeing that work. We're seeing that confidence. And while teams hone in on Saquon Barkley, could be a real chance. Nice pickup, especially for buys. Something to hold on to and take a look at. So there you go. Any fantasy football questions, hit me up on Twitter at AndyMC81. Use hashtag AskAndy. And of course, follow at SickPodBrowns. Follow, click the notifications on right here on YouTube for the Sick Podcast with Andy Matner so you never miss an episode. But let's get to some early bets. Let's take a look. Okay, early best bets. Now, I mentioned the weather in Buffalo. It's supposed to be feet of snow. Feet, not inches. Like gong show snow early. That can always change. That can always be a bit risky. Uh, But if we look at it, the over-under for this game, I was going to find it right here. Because it was in the 40s and I liked it. with it, and it might clear up by kickoff. That's always the tricky part. Is set at 43. That's what it was. It was set at 43. I'm taking the under. Maybe we have, you go back to 2007, Browns and Bills had a snowball game, and the Browns won it, I believe, 10 9 or 10 6 or something like that on a Phil Dawson last second field goal. Cade York, okay, rookie kicker, watch that tape. Call Phil Dawson. Take the under on the 43. Now, you might want to, I'm going to uh, pop in a bet now on the under 
with that, because if that weather really approaches, that number is going to drop even more. So get in on that uh, a little bit earlier. Now, the other game, let's go to Thursday night. Okay. Titans at Packers. So when we're looking at this one, the I, I first a prop play over under team touchdowns, team total touchdowns for the Tennessee Titans set at over two and a half is paying out plus 155. Under is minus 210, so not worth it. But over two and a half. Now, Ryan Tannehill's back healthy. Would it surprise anybody? And Green Bay's defense is good, not unbeatable by any stretch. But would it surprise anybody? Derrick Henry gets two touchdowns and Ryan Tannehill runs one in, throws one in. That wouldn't surprise me at all. Now, the scores through this year for the Titans and the Packers, really, sort of been in that high teens, just under that three mark. That's why Vegas sets it like that. But on the DraftKings Sportsbook, we're seeing... Over two and a half team touchdowns plus 155. I really like that play because they it's a shorter week. They can just run it, run it, run it, run it, try to get a couple, and then Tannehill throws in. I, I'm seeing a clear, clear path to that. Uh, and I think it makes a, a whole lot of sense when you look at that game. Now, when we see the, the games overall, um, again, okay, so the Packers won over Dallas. Good for you. You know, most efficient game Aaron Rodgers had his, uh, for a long time. But am I ready to say the Packers are back? No. Titans are three and a half point dogs. Uh, take them to cover. That pays off minus 105 to win straight up money line plus 150. I would not be shocked at all if the Titans go and win this game. Aaron Rodgers still banged it. A lot of injuries going around. Titans are in a great spot to control this game. Plus 150. To win, maybe you do it a little Titans double up for Thursday night. Plus 150 money line, cover the three at minus 105. You know, I think that makes a ton of sense. Browns as well. If it's that snow game that I mentioned, the under 43 points, take the under. But Buffalo, eight point favorite right now. If it's that type of blizzard and you're playing the under, Browns to cover makes a lot of sense to me too. Especially since they're in desperation. We'll see if they do have any sort of heart in that one. So uh, we're going to be back Friday, full bills, Browns coverage, get you ready, more fantasy football tips, bets and all that. But folks right now I am super pumped. I chatted with them a little bit earlier, Cleveland native TNT, all elite wrestling champion and their pay-per-view full gear is this Saturday, November 19th. If you're outside of the United States in the U S of course you can order on pay-per-view. If you're outside, you have to get it on Fight TV, and in the description section of this show, you're going to see the link. You click on it, buy it. You are not going to want to miss this. Chris Jericho, the Ocho, ROA, defending the ROH title in a uh, in a four-way. You got John Moxley versus MJF in an epic battle. The, the acclaimed Tony Storm for Women's Championship. Championships everywhere. AW is incredible. You're absolutely going to love it. Wardlow is going to be there. Wardlow, I'm sure, is going to be in action as well for that TNT championship. Um, he is such a talent and you're going to love this interview from the, wait till you see how big this dude is. So here is Wardlow of AEW. It is time for the big dog. All right. He's from Cleveland. It's usually Wardlow's world, but right now he's entering Andy Max world on the sick podcast with Andy McNamara from all elite wrestling Wardlow in the house. Wardlow, man, a real pleasure. How are you? I'm doing very well. How are you? 
Doing great, man. Look, I got the shirt. I came prepared. Yeah, I love it. You know, big AEW fan. We got the full gear event coming up November 19. We'll get into that in a few minutes. Um, but yourself, you're from Cleveland. And so this was a case where, well, how can I get Wardlow on to talk? Wait, he's from Cleveland. I know. That's perfect. So for, from you being from Cleveland, you a Browns fan growing up? Or where, where's the fandom at with you? Uh, I think the biggest fandom for me that is related to Cleveland were the 95, 96 Indians. Right. So I was, uh, I just remember being obsessed with baseball in the Indians and uh, Manny Ramirez specifically. I mean, that whole team was just insane. Like what a, what a treat as a child to grow up during that time with Jim Tomey, Sandy Alomar Jr., Omar Vizcal, uh, Manny Ramirez. I mean, that team was so stacked. Albert Bell. I mean, what an all-star team. So I do remember, uh, I think like McDonald's or something had like the collectible baseballs with their names on it. And I had to get all of those. That's And you know what? Hey, the now Guardians had a pretty good run this year too. So I just threw out the first pitch um, like last month. Really? The Guardians, yeah. I, I got yes. a Guardians jersey with my name on it, got to throw the first <laughs> pitch, so that was very much a dream come true. Um, as far as the Browns go, I'm going to get some heat for this. Oh, boy. So, um, <laughs> my father was from Texas. Okay. So, he raised me a Cowboys fan. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> I know. I know you want to probably just end the end the recording right now. <laughs> we lost it. We lost it. <laughs> yeah, all right. This is over. Um, so I do have to admit, growing up, uh, there was another all-star team in the football era of Troy Aikman, Emmitt yeah. Smith, Deion Sanders, Irving, just, again, a stacked team. Uh, so I do remember loving the Cowboys. As I've gotten older, obviously, being from the area, um, I've started going to more Browns games. Nice. And uh, I do absolutely – I'm not a huge football fan. I don't do, like, fantasy football or anything like that. But I always root for the Browns. I always root for the Cowboys. If they're facing each other, it's a win-win for me. Right. Um, <laughs> but I did get the opportunity last year to meet some of the guys. Um, Jarvis, who I know is not with the Browns anymore. Right. Um, but he had a charity softball game. And he just, he was such a good dude and such a nice guy. And for, and he put on a charity, you know, for such a good cause. So it was really cool meeting him and uh, Miles Garrett. That's a big dude. How do you compare Miles Garrett size wise? It's got to be close. Damn it. (laughs) So badly. I want to say, oh, I shadowed, I overshadowed him. He was small compared to me. But the truth is I wanted to get a picture with him. But once I saw him. I did not want to get a picture with him. <laughs> dude, Miles Garrett is the real deal, man. Like, I'm a big dude. He was he was even taller than me. Um, I don't know if he was more muscular, but he is a dude. What a freak athlete that man is. I know, I know. He's he's an absolute monster. That's folks, that's coming from the TNT champion for AEW too. That's Miles Garrett's yeah. a big dude. A big that big says dude. a lot. <laughs> it says absolutely. It says a lot. So you know what? Let's get to. We have a few fan questions and stuff like that. But let's get to your your sort of journey um, to how you arrived in AEW TNT champ now. And like I said, we'll get to the full gear pay per view. Um, but your start. Were you a fan as a kid? How did you break? Obviously, 
you had the natural like height, but but like how did you get into the wrestling business? So so yeah, a fan since I can literally remember. Um, I just always loved professional wrestling, and it was, you know, uh, I grew, I was born and raised. Um, I live a little closer to Cleveland now, but I was born and raised in Middlefield, Ohio, which right. is a little east of Cleveland. A uh, very small town, Amish community, and we were super poor growing up. So professional wrestling was just my outlet. Um, you know, I didn't have a bunch of cool toys, didn't have, you know, we weren't going on vacations. Pro- professional wrestling, getting to watch Monday night or whatever it was was my vacation, was my toys, was my everything. Um, and I just never fell out of love with it. Nice. It's just something that has I've consistently been passionate about my whole life. And from a very early age, I knew this is what I'm going to do. Hmm. Um, unfortunately, after high school, I didn't know indie wrestling existed. I thought it was WWE or nothing. Right. And at the time, a tryout cost $3,500. Oh, um, you have to very, pay for it. At, at that point, yes, you did. Oh. Now it's much different. Now you just okay. fill out a thing online and they pick you. Um, but pay. at the time, you had to pay, and I didn't have the money for that. So I, I went through a very gray area where wrestling wasn't in my life, and I didn't know how to get into it. And I most definitely lost myself there for a few years and – Thank God I found myself again um, through wrestling, essentially. Um, TNA came to Burton, Ohio, the great Geauga County Fair. <laughs> yeah, dude, super random. I To this day, I would still love to know how in the world they, <laughs> they get there to go. Yeah, how do they even know this existed? So I went there, obviously, and historically I've always been in the nosebleeds of the Gundarina could barely see anything. Right. This is my first time witnessing professional wrestling up close. And when you see it that close, I realized I can do this. Hmm. Like it, it always seemed like this larger than life impossible thing. When I saw it that close, I was like, I can do this. And I remember I sat in my car after that for about an hour by myself, just, contemplating life and thinking about how to do this. Uh, so I go to a Monday night raw just to kind of get the excitement back at the drive back. Right. And somebody's handing out flyers and I grab it and it's a pro pro wrestling show in Cleveland. And I was like, what is this? Like, who are these guys? Turn it over wrestling school. So there's this place called the dungeon in Cleveland. It was very bad part of Cleveland. And this place was a legit dungeon. (laughs) No heat, no AC. Um, But I called them the next day, had to try out the next week. Um, And they couldn't believe I had never been in a professional wrestling ring before. And I had to explain to them that I've been training myself my whole life. Um, Oh, yeah. I I started training myself in my living room when I was a kid when the first season of Tough Enough came out. And you got to see some of the tricks. Um, and then on a trampoline, you know, I just kind of mimicked everything. So I was kind of already ready to go when I first got into the ring. Were you as built like, or close to? Like, were you jacked? Close to. So I was actually a very late bloomer. I didn't start to grow until like my junior year. 
Um, oh. And even then, I was still very skinny. I started getting taller, but was still very, very skinny uh, my junior and senior year. And then after high school, I finally started to blow up. Um, so when I first started, I was not this big or in this good of shape, but close to. Okay. Well, so, okay. So you go to the school. They're like, okay, the, this this guy gets it. He's quick. So how do we get from that point to AEW, which came about, what, late uh, 2019? Came on 2019. Yeah. And I started in, I think it was, I think I started training in 2014. Okay. Um, so it was a little bit of a process. Uh, I started doing some indie stuff. I had a couple gigs with WWE that were extremely promising that just nothing ever came out of it for whatever reason. I'll never know. Um, <laughs> uh, that's for sure. Yeah, the uh, the last conversation with them was go make a name for yourself. Done. <laughs> <laughs> what done else do you need? Done. <laughs> what else do you need? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so I um, at at one point I had a tryout with WWE that essentially led to me quitting my job of thirteen years. Uh, that I had started my junior year of high school. Um, I quit my job, and I did nothing but train and get ready for this tryout. Uh, Ace the tryout. Two months later, get an email saying, hey, tough demographic, you know, can't do nothing with you. Go make a name for yourself. Wow. So now I'm broke, jobless, living back at my mother's with no future. And yeah, I was, uh, that was a rough time, man. I was lost. I was confused. I was emailing every indie promotion to just try to get, get my, make a name for myself, get my name out there. Um, and then I was at home one day, I got a random call from QT Marshall and he said, Hey, a few people have mentioned your name and Cody Rhodes said, if you fly yourself to Atlanta, we'll take a look at you. So I, I borrowed some money, flew myself out to Atlanta, and uh, worked with QT in the ring for five minutes in front of Cody, and he offered me a contract. That's amazing. That's amazing. You just need the <laughs> yeah. shot, right? You just need the shot, and you could have easily given up. Yeah. But you just needed oh, the shot. Yeah, there was wow. a few times I could have given up. I've thought about giving up, but uh, stuck with it, man. You just kept going. Now, part of the fun part, obviously, of the Wardlow Wardlow's world, the brand is so powerful, so hot. Power Bomb Symphony. Now, there's always, usually, you know, with with wrestlers, when you first start out, Chris Jericho tells a great story about the cowboy Chris. You know, Bret Hart also said they want to make him the cowboy. Some bad names is what I'm trying to say. Was there anybody who wanted to call you something that you're like, that's not going to work? Actually, no. I think, I mean, I've always said my, my last name is, this is my real last name, name is yeah. Wardlow. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like I was kind of born to do this. I mean, yeah. my name screams pro wrestler. Like, it's right so there. I think every time I said like, hey, I just want to use my real last name, which is Wardlow, everybody was like, yeah, that's dope. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that works. Like, it's not like Shawn Michaels where it's like Hickenbottom. It's like that doesn't that doesn't quite stay main event. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, if I was at the other place, they probably would have given me totally. some crazy weird name and crazy gimmick. Yeah. So I'm happy I get to be me. Yeah, for, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, they would have given you something weird and, and all that. All right, I want to get to a, a couple, couple fan questions from you. Uh, okay. for you. This one, and on Twitter, by the way, follow him at Wardlow. Uh, 
Uh, this coming in from Nolan saying, your toughest match that you won. What's been the toughest match in your career, AW or otherwise, that you've won? Man, honestly, I think there's been a few that have been brutal. Uh, I think the worst was Lance Archer. Oh, um, yeah. So this was, this is still one of my favorite matches, even though how much physical pain it caused and how many injuries. But it was still one of my favorite matches. Um, but man, yeah, I uh, got I got a concussion, fractured my jaw. It, it just everything that could have went wrong kind of did. And I just I've never been in so much pain during a match. Like adrenaline can usually take over anything and everything. Right. Um, but I remember like I remember feeling it, which is rare. Usually you get hurt, you don't even feel it. I felt it, man. I was hurting in that in, by the end of that match. Yeah, that those are two two big dudes colliding for sure. Uh, another yeah. one, another one coming in from Kennedy, uh, saying, "Now that you're no longer War Joe, we know that went down. Um, you know, we'll, we, you know, you, you'll get you'll get him. I know that. Uh, now, but now that there's no War Joe, who else would you like to team with, either presently or any point in history? So, who like you know, if you had an all time guy, if you could just team up with somebody from wrestling history, who would it be?" So before I answer that, the real answer is nobody. That's right. <laughs> I'm, I am so much better on my own, but we will get there one day. Right. Um, but if I had to choose, so currently, and we've kind of been affiliated, FTR. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Th- yeah. Th- yeah. Those are two guys that I genuinely like and get along with. And I genuinely wouldn't want anybody fighting next to me than those guys. I, I, I mean, they're ready to go at the drop of a dime. Somebody looks at us the wrong way. It is, let's go. Yeah. Um, in the past, I, I, uh, I would say I would either be Team Extreme with the okay. Hardy Boys. Nice. Uh, very, very big Hardy Boys fan growing up. Well, you got and the spawn on down, so I yeah. do, man. Yeah, I, I've done about a million of them through my lifetime. Right, um, from the bunk bed to the trampoline, <laughs> um, and then I probably would have been a member of like DX or Evolution. Right. Well, you know what? And th- there's been the comparisons in of like, okay, Goldberg, Batista, whatever. I th- personally, I think you sort of combine the best of like the big men, but the agility of some of those high flyers that we keep seeing whenever you're in the ring, you keep seeing those little extra bits to your game. Um, what you mentioned, the guys you like growing up, is there, is there sort of a, a hybrid you compare yourself to? I think if you were like Dr. Frankenstein was going to yeah. make the perfect pro wrestler. Um, I think you would take a little triple H. You would take some Brock Lesnar. Yeah. You yeah. would take some Batista. Some Rock, some Jeff Hardy, right? Uh, um, and yeah, you take those a little bit of that, that, mix them all together, and I think you create Wardlow. You get Wardlow. Well, the, the cool thing is too, the Fight Forever game is going to be coming out soon, the AEW game, so people are going to be able to play as Wardlow in video game mode. So that's going to be pretty cool too. 
That's so cool. Actually, my best friend growing up messaged me yesterday. Uh, it was like the 16th anniversary of Raw vs. SmackDown 2007. Uh, we graduated in 2006, and I we used to play that game so much. I was always Batista. He was always Rey Mysterio. Right. He was a huge gamer, so he whooped me every time. So little Rey Mysterio was whooping Big Dave every yeah. time. So he actually, he sent me that. It, it was like the 16th year anniversary. I was like, wow, that's really cool. And then I responded, it's crazy to think I'm going to be in my own video game here soon. Like, That's wild. How, how far we've come. That's wild, man. And you know what? I know you're tight on time and it's very uh, much appreciated, but I want to get to the full gear pay-per-view. Absolutely. November 19, Saturday. If you're outside the United States and Canada or elsewhere, it's on Fight TV. So wherever you get it. Uh, it's right there, and we'll have the link in the description to this uh, this interview also. But yourself, like, tell us, man, you, it was Team Wardro looked unstoppable. Now you got you guys, Powerhouse Hobbs is involved. This is this is going to be a tilt. Yeah, you know, this is exactly why I said nobody uh, to team with. I, I, this is exactly why I don't trust anybody. This is exactly why you don't put faith in other people and you just watch your own back. Because eventually they're going to stab you in the back one way or another. They're going to betray you somehow. Uh, you know, so as pissed off as I was in the moment, um, I'm actually quite thankful he did that. Because he just proved me right. It was another reminder why you don't pair up with people and why I just need to be on my own. Um, and then Hobbs... I haven't had anybody be a real threat to me since I've won the title. Right. So I went from being on top of the world, not having a single threat, to now I have my two biggest challenges, two legit threats for the first time in my career, both of them at once. Um, I don't know if there's room on full on the card for full gear, but I would love the opportunity to uh, slap both of them around and, and <laughs> teach them both a lesson at once. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. That's whenever, however that evolves, it's going to be must see TV or must see pay per view. Uh, yeah, this, this Wednesday, this Wednesday, uh, I plan on making a statement. So Ooh, tune dynamite. in. Okay, tune <laughs> yeah. in. Dynamite Wednesday nights, eight Eastern on uh tnt in the u.s on tsn in, in canada and you know you guys are huge in england and all that i know you guys are going to go to the uk uh wardlow where can people find you i know on on twitter great merch at the aw shop store and and all that uh yeah and i'm good on time i don't know what your schedule is if you have more questions or whatever i'm fine on time but oh. uh social media real wardlow on instagram real wardlow on twitter um i'm trying to get into the tiktok game it's like it's AEW Wardlow Wardlow AEW. I haven't done much with that yet. I still need to learn. But right. uh, but yeah, that's I, it. Man, I tried the TikTok and it looks so good. People like snap their fingers and they're in like a different outfit. I'm looking. I'm like, how the heck? I don't understand. I, I tried to edit. There were so many options of so many things you could do. I'm just like, yep, it's I'm beyond. not doing this. It's beyond. <laughs> well, you know what? Let's give you a couple quick hitters here to get to know Wardlow before before you Absolutely. go. You have a couple minutes. Really appreciate that. Um, so, all right. Number one, how much can you lift? A lot. Everything. All Every of the weight. weight. All of the weight. Every weight in the gym, I'll lift it. 
all the way. If you couldn't be a professional wrestler, and we went through the story, which was that was all you were going to be. Would what other sport would you want to play professionally? God, all of them. I just I love basketball. I love playing basketball. Growing okay. up, it was my favorite sport to play. I still love like as a workout, I'll go and just shoot hoops, run up and down the court doing layups as a cardio workout. Uh, love playing football. Yeah, uh, I most definitely have the size and athleticism yeah. for it. Probably could have been on the Browns right now. Absolutely, <laughs> right, right next to Miles, right next to Miles Garrett. Uh, well, maybe opposite side, so he yeah. doesn't show how, how much bigger he is. Right, uh, <laughs> okay, it. Yeah, and then uh, I would probably, if it was a different time, if I was a little younger, probably would have gotten into the UFC game. Ooh, right, yeah. right. Yeah, uh, that would what we saw Brock Lesnar do so well in that. So you'd be right in there as well. Um, cheat day food. I'm sure you're you're eating as clean and lean as possible. But the odd, I'm sure there's a cheat day. You got to go to like, all right, I'm going to treat myself. Pizza, burgers, and ice cream. Nice. That nice. is my go-to. Uh, and favorite uh, favorite TV show or movie of all time. Uh, both TV show Sons of Anarchy, movie John Wick, John Wick, nice. Um, and finally, favorite vacation spot, whether you've been to it or want to go. Oh, I want to go to San Diego. San Diego is like top of my bucket list. I heard it's beautiful there. Um, beyond that, uh, I love going to Miami, I love going to Vegas, I love Texas, which we're about to spend like three weeks in Texas, oh. Houston. Um, Austin, Dallas. I love Texas. I don't know what it is about Texas. I just love it there. Um, but outside of the box, I would, I, I've always wanted to go to like Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was there on my honeymoon, man. It's, you won't want to leave. Just yeah. Team I up, bet. Yeah. Team yeah. I've never been out of, yeah, I've never been out of the country. So I, I have some exploring to do for sure. And, and you know what, this uh, question keeps coming on social media. Um, if you could face an opponent from any era, and it, it could be Bruno San Martino, it could be King Kong, but it could be anybody. Who would you want and be like, hey, dream, 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 dream match? Oh, man. Either like a 2001 Brock Lesnar. Oh, man. Or like a 05 Triple H. Epic. And then a. 2022 John Moxley. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, there you go. We, we are with the strap. With the strap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe preferably. a 1979 Andre the Giant with the throw. <laughs> ben, ben Chandra. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I would have loved a shot at Body Slam and the Giant. Oof. Yeah, I would have been so. Listen, Warlow, uh, you are welcome back anytime. I will find an excuse to have you on a, a football show anytime, my friend. Really appreciate awesome. it. Thank, Thank you. you. And uh, look, uh, keep it going. Uh, uh, my kids love you. You know, we all love uh, watching you every week. So thank you. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. All right. There he is I'm on Twitter at Wardlow and maybe on TikTok, the great Wardlow from AEW. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the sick podcast with Andy McNamara on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.